0: What's your favorite
1: scary movie?
2: Be afraid. Be very.
1: Afraid. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Here's Johnny. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Whatever you
2: I'm Jamie and I'm
0: Nikisha and this is Talking Horror with Jamie and Nikisha where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior slash we just wonder why people make the dumb decisions that they do in horror movies (laughs) so welcome guys welcome and holy dead flowers it's a witch's totem today we're talking about the 2021 supernatural (laughs) horror film the conjuring 3 the devil made me do it. Ooh. All right. All right. All right. Daddy.
1: Oh my god. All right. You have to call just You're fine. The Glatzels. We have to warn them. It's got the get yeah, It's
2: fine. It's over. David mm-hmm. is safe. The demon is gone.
1: Arnie. It's got Arnie.
0: Spooky, spooky! Directed by Michael Chaves, who directed Curse of La Llorona. Self-explanatory. Written <laughs> by. <laughs>
2: Sorry. <laughs> coming in hot.
0: We're coming in hot today. This is this is going to be the catalyst for today's discussion. Written by the longest name ever: David Leslie Johnson McGolrick. And it's based on a story by Mick and James Wan. So James Wan is on his story credits, not his uh, directing credits. And it is very apparent in this movie. But on a good note, it also stars our favorite couple. You know them, you love them, and your life depends on them. Patrick (laughs) Wilson and Vera Farmiga as Ed and Lorraine Warren. And that's probably the nicest thing I'll say about this
1: movie. So in this one, More than any of the other ones, they were really paranormal activists. (laughs) That's so
0: true. Right, people, I agree. They're here to help. (laughs) So obviously, heavy, heavy spoilers alert! Uh, Alert! Alert! alert alert so if you have not seen this movie please pause buy your ticket at the local amc and watch (laughs) this movie any trigger warnings jamie for the people
2: you know there's some there's some murder some (laughs) demonic possession uh some some possession of a, a very young child uh so if that is disturbing to you then then please don't listen this time and and join us another time
0: Join us when we talk about monsters or vampires or something of that nature that might be Mm -hmm, more mm -hmm. akin to your likes. But before we get into all of the things, anything new, you guys, have you watched anything that is worth talking to us about?
1: Yes, we logged into Shudder this week, and we watched The Dark and the Wicked.
0: The Dark and the Wicked. Okay, what year was that?
1: Recent. Super recent. Recent. Yeah, we we watched on a whim because it got great reviews. It's like a super high on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh I think we were a little we didn't we didn't dislike it. We didn't think it was as good as Rotten Tomatoes made it seem to be, okay. but we liked it better than the conjuring the devil made me do it for sure. <laughs> um it was really, there were some really spooky moments. Like I jumped a lot. We both jumped a lot during that one. I think some of the plot could have used some work. I think some of the acting could have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I really, really, really dug it like in general. And I would I would definitely suggest, if you like looking for something to just like spook your pants off, like I think that this could do it.
2: Spook your pants off. I like In that. the safety of your home.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, spook your pants off in the safety of your own home. For sure. What's
2: the sure. name of the
0: movie again?
1: The Dark and the Wicked.
0: The Dark and the Wicked. Okay. Came out in 2020.
1: 2020?
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, I know we have a lot to say about this movie, so I feel like we should just get into it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to yeah, start yeah. with a good old two-minute plot summary that I will butcher, but... I feel like there's really not that much to say about this as far as story points. So, we're going to get into it.
1: Watch the plot?
2: <laughs> uh, Brian is going to tie me. Yeah. I believe in you. Oh, <laughs> Jamie. All right.
1: Three, two, one, go.
0: So we start off already in the middle of an exorcism with Ed and Lorraine trying to get a demon out of a little boy. Things happen. Things are smashed. People are thrown against the wall and the demon ends up going from the little boy to a family friend who is also in a relationship with the boy's sister, Arnie. He grabs the boy and says, demon, come to me. Get out of the boy. And so the demon goes into Arnie. Cut to now Arnie and the girlfriend are at this uh, pet shelter and Arnie seeing all of these images and the demon is trying to get to him. And eventually he kills off the owner of the pet shelter. And so now Arnie is being tried for murder and they're trying to get him to plead. The devil made me do it, not plead insanity, but plead possession. And so the movie continues on with no courtroom scenes, But scenes of Ed and Lorraine trying to find a witch. Where did that come from? I thought we were talking about demons. And then we get back to Arnie, who is about to get his soul taken away by the witch demon, question mark. And eventually, Ed and Lorraine get to the witch's lair, and they slam the altar, and then Arnie is saved. But... Alas, twisty twist, he's still convicted of murder. Not the death penalty, though. He gets five years. And this is based on a true story. And the reason why it was such a big deal, and we'll get into more logistics about this, is because that was the first murder that happened in almost 200 years in that country. And that is The Conjuring 3, because that is really all that happened.
1: (laughs) Wait, wait, country or state or county or town?
0: County? Did I say country? I'm sorry. County.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, there were there were no murders in the U.S. in the in U.S. two hundred years.
1: <laughs> you had twenty seconds left on that.
2: <laughs> Woohoo
0: That was really great. <laughs> I, I mean, we'll get into super details, but really, yeah, that's yeah. all that I got from that. <laughs> totally. And <that's> the plot. <laughs> So, obviously, this is the first time that we have all seen this movie, but did you go see it in theaters or did you watch it on HBO streaming? What did you guys do?
1: So, we watched it on HBO Max. So, my sister got married this past weekend, so we didn't have the ability to go to the movie theaters. Um, So, we just watched it on HBO Max um, and enjoyed it there or... Not enjoyed it there. Um, yeah. However, we have gone to the movie theater, but I'll save that because we did see um, we did see a Quiet Place Two Part Two in movie theaters. Um, but I'll save that for the Quiet Place Two episode. We can talk about that experience. But Nikisha, uh, same question for you.
0: Yes. Well, I took some of my friends and we went to the local amc actually the amc in Times square 42nd street
1: oh you did cool
0: yes and we watched the movie they still have the regulation of not being packed and they have seats that are empty so everyone is still kind of socially distanced
1: same ours ours was like that too
0: Yeah, and so it's not, you don't feel like you're on top of everyone. And we were trying to see it in IMAX, but it was sold out. And so we saw it in regular, Mm -hmm. it was even smaller, but Mm -hmm. it was definitely weird to experience other people experiencing the movie with you because we've been so used to, I mean, you know, we have all these streaming services and everything is coming out on Disney Plus or HBO Go or Amazon or whatever. And so just watching it in my home and then like hearing other people be actually scared and reacting in the theater was a little more jarring than the actual scares in the movie. Mm -hmm. So that was it. That was an interesting time. And it was weird because we all had to wear our masks when we were in the lobby, but we could take them off when we got into the theater. I mean, which I understand because people are like eating and stuff, but it was also just like, it's all the same (laughs) same building. So that Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense to me, but it was a good experience. I don't think seeing it in a theater made it any better, uh, to be honest, uh, my experience, but it was, it was a good time. It felt a, a nice little sense of uh, normalcy to be in the theater. So that was a
2: nice thing
0: about going to see it.
2: Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. You didn't feel any more connected to hashtag power couple? Hashtag, oh my gosh.
0: I just, my love for them is so great that it made me sit through that movie and not walk out. I'll say that. <laughs> fair, fair. Because if I was at home, Watching this, it would have taken me two days to watch it because I would have paused. Oh, it interesting. And been mm-hmm. like, I gotta, I, I can't, I can't finish this because I'm not gonna pay attention to it. Yeah, but I had to force myself to pay attention. So, I guess my initial question to you guys because I have a list <laughs> things <laughs> that you, and I won't take a majority of your time, but uh, things that you liked, things that you did not like in general. It could be about anything in the movie. Tell me things that stood out to you that were bad and things that stood out that were good.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I joke about them being a power couple, but really they, the the two leads playing Evan, Lorraine Warren are, are the highlight of this movie. And like, that is what will keep me coming back to see any of these movies, it, like specifically the conjuring movies, like you know, La Llorona and like all of those other side movies I could like take or leave. But like anything that continues to highlight the relationship between the Warrens is I'm I'm all in. They're they're so charming and like so in love. And it's it's like yeah, like just focusing on like the <laughs> the connection that they have with one another. I'm like talking about a movie that doesn't even sound like I'm talking about a conjuring movie. But like Absolutely. that's that's what um what I love about, I, yeah, like Patrick Wilson is like weirdly like kind of dreamy dad going on still, even after his, his um, heart attack. And I like felt so bad. And I just like, I was like, I just want to help. I want to help him out. Exactly. um <laughs> But, um, yeah, and it was interesting because I I stumbled upon an article about, uh, like, from the New York Times about how Patrick Wilson is, like, considered the, like, scream king now because he's really, like, gone into this foray of, of horror, like, the horror genre, um, which I think is really interesting. But, like, yeah, he's an excellent actor. He's incredibly talented in, like, everything he does, um, and he's he's just, like, inc- he's so strong in this role. Um so, yeah, I love I love their dynamic and I'll I'll pause for others to say what they also loved about <laughs> <Yes>. the <Justin> Warrens.
0: <laughs> what about you, Brian?
1: Um, things I liked about this movie were that it was under two hours um, that it no, but in all seriousness, I like that we're progressing through their age. Like I like that this is 1981 and I like that they're obviously a little bit older. He has some health issues in this. Their hair is a little bit more gray. Um, I, I appreciated that. Um, uh, I like that the parent family sends them flowers from the first one. I really enjoyed that. Like little spoiler, like little, uh, little um, Easter egg nuggets in there. Um, I liked the Elvis again. I liked, uh, putting the Elvis in there again. Um, Again, these are all things about them. Like I really liked, you know, their their back and forth. Um um I love that she knew everybody's names. I love that she like I love that there was it, it it didn't work necessarily as an ongoing joke because there wasn't a lot of humor in it, but I liked that. Like anytime they asked her, Oh, who's that guy again? She'd be like, Oh, that's father McNulty. Or like, Oh, that's father. This." like, she knew her, the answers to all those questions, which I found really cute and charming and funny. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if the movie found it as cute and charming and funny as I did. Um, <clears throat> I really enjoyed all of that stuff. I thought the, I thought the acting from everyone in the movie was excellent. Like including, um, including the father, the villain, the, the, his daughter, the villain, again, we said spoilers. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they were excellent. I thought that, um, the whole family, Arnie, uh, Arnie, was it Arnie or whatever? Arne?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Whatever his name is. I thought he, they were really good. Um, so I think that was, uh, it definitely from, from that level of things, I, I definitely enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed the um the hospital sequence where she's saying, like, no, my my home is with him, And they do the flashbacks of how they met. I thought that was nice, a nice touch. um, um but I'll that I'll, that also actually bleeds into what I did not enjoy about this. Um, mm-hmm. so, but I'll stop there with the things I actually enjoyed about this um so that we could just like have a nice positive moment for the <laughs> podcast today. I feel
0: like we're going to be saying a lot of the <laughs> same things one of my notes is I do love how they don't take themselves too seriously when folks don't believe in them or are willing to uh, believe in them because they know how it looks and how it sounds, especially Mm -hmm. in the moment where they're in the police department and Lorraine has to pick out the knife. That was the actual murder.
1: That was awesome. I, that, that's what was missing. So yeah, I'm sorry. I won't get into the negative yet. I loved that scene. I thought that scene was wonderful.
0: Yes, and again, that just goes back to them and how the writing was so great for them as a couple. Some of the things that I enjoyed as far as cinematography was the exorcism at the beginning. I really Mm -hmm. liked the blackout cuts and the flickering lights uh, when the boy was really starting to get possessed and the soul was about to be taken, I guess. Um, I also, that little kid,
2: Phenomenal actor Where is I he? I think quit? you mean uh, The child of Wanda And Vision Shut up And yeah, he played,
1: I mean, oh, that's And he's in Haunting him. of Hill House
2: He's also I, Who is he? Luke in Hill House?
1: He's the young yeah, Luke Yeah
2: uh-huh. And I don't know why I didn't think to, to actually Look
0: that up But I was like This boy looks so familiar But he is about to be He's going to be the prince Of the horror genre yeah. Patrick Wilson is the king He'll be the prince mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I enjoyed how creepy the witch looked, and I thought that presence was scary in itself. Mm -hmm. Also, the scene where Lorraine or Vera Farmiga is running around in the witch's lair and they have the mirror image that's like they're facing the same direction. I thought that was a really cool.
1: Oh, and I'll also add to that, if you don't mind. um, Something I I really liked about the movie too is that something actually got conjured in this movie. Like no question we have to think about it. Like there was an actual conjuring. I really appreciated that as a crazy person.
2: Yeah, it only took three movies for you to... (laughs) <laughs> See something get conjured.
1: I mean, yeah, I guess totally. we talked
2: about something being conjured kind <laughs> yeah, of in the second one. But we,
1: we, 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 may, we stretched it there. This one was a full, she conjured a demon. She's a witch. She conjured a demon. For what reason? I'm not really sure. Um, but she conjured a demon and that demon was conjured and then that demon was unconjured.
2: Mm-hmm. Shout, shout out to the witch.
1: Shout, shout out to the witch. To the witch. <laughs> she did a good job up until a point. And she <laughs> yeah. really, she hid those totems good.
2: She hid those
0: totems. Directly. Okay,
1: I'm starting. No, <laughs> please. I was finished. Do it. <laughs> did she cast a pot around the totem? Like, how did that totem get into that vase? She has like a cast. She must have like done her own kiln work and stuff like that. Like, she <laughs> she has her own pottery station. She put the, because she didn't do it like a ship in a bottle. There's no way. That's There's it. No-
0: There's no way. I agree. There's a thousand things where you're just like, huh? And I really... She's a witch.
1: Yeah, maybe. I I mean, that's true. I'm not... mm.
0: But also, why a witch? It was like, The Conjuring was thinking, what else could we possibly do? Because I guess people are sick and tired of demons. Let's make it a witch that's conjuring a demon. And it's like, I think you just went far away from something that was already working. And you wanted to make it, like, extra or next level. And you should have just stuck with the basics, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I'm going to read my list because I think I just it's just going to be easier this way. And then, I, then we can go around with all of our lists. Um, I thought that this movie was clearly wandless. This was wandering. It was wandless. <laughs> um, the devil made me watch this. Um, I, I just, like... Because there are some things he tried to do to make it like Wani, where he did that fast-paced editing when Lorraine is taking the pictures, like that felt like Saw more than it felt like Conjuring. Yeah. Mm. Um, this feel like a movie of vignettes because I kept like fading to black and then coming back into a new scene. That was weird. There was some humor that was still there, but not not a ton. The okay, here's the thing: starting this movie out with that, uh, starting the movie out with that whole sequence was cool, but. I don't know. What I love about these movies mostly is that the big stuff doesn't happen, to, not towards the end, but like everything is based in something that's a little spooky. Like in the first one, you know, the Annabelle stuff at the beginning and then as the movie goes on, you it, it, things get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, at the, excuse me, at the end of the first one, you get the big scene and it's believable at that point. The exorcism. In the second one, sure, Bill Knight, a science Bill guy, Nye, shows up a lot and guy. like all that and Valak shows up in the house and the daughter sees her but I feel like those things were earned but there weren't these but what took me out of this one is that the kid's body contorted and like, I, mm. like, he would have broken all of his bones if you're like really going into it and like, it was so CG heavy and I have that problem with it as well. That opening sequence is so good, but the second that Pennywise opens his mouth and I know it, I know it switches to CG. It totally takes me out because I know that's, I can't even pretend that that's real. Like, and so that really totally bothered me like a lot actually. Um, um, and, and, I really like how they show, I'm skipping down. I like how they show different ways that Lorraine has a superpower, but as these movies go on, she has like more of like a like, a true superpower. Like, it becomes very superhero movie where, like, she's, like, all of a sudden she's in a different dimension, and she's, like, seeing all these things of what happened. And I know that happens at the Amityville house where she's, cock, she's like, walking through what the killer did in that house. So I like how they show it in different ways, but it definitely felt, like, more superhero-y in this one than it did in the other ones. Can uh, I say
2: to counter that yeah, point? I feel sure. like part of that is, like, like how else my guess is that there isn't really an effective way to like showcase her skills without like, Mm. without you actually walking through what she is seeing like fully. I also, I don't anticipate that she's like fully seeing all of these things happen, but rather like it, like if this is based on, you know, reality that it's like, she's able to pick up on like the bad energies and stuff. So like we got that a lot in the first one where Mm -hmm. she like, she saw the body of the, that oh. was also a witch to be fair. You know, we're not straying too far outside of the witch realm. That's true. Um, What's like
1: her name? So like,
2: Beth- Bethesda? Uh, <laughs> Bathsheba.
1: Bathsheba, right? Bethesda <laughs>
2: is a, is a video game company. <laughs> yes. um, but, uh, but like that she's able to like see those energies. And I imagine like, just as the universe is continuing to expand, like there have to be other ways to like demonstrate what that skill looks like. And so I feel like that's why we're seeing this like full visual narrative of like, this is everything that happened, like with excruciating detail, because like it's a movie. This isn't like... like does that make sense
1: yeah i will i will say that now that you said that i think my issue was not with how they showed it and all that my issue was with the bad cg when she almost goes over the cliff and he has to be like a superhero to save her to me that was pushing it way too far into something that i didn't need like to me that wasn't suspenseful that took me out of it completely that like Mm -hmm. so uh, less about what she was seeing because i was super engaged when she was like the girls and like seeing the girls and stabbing the girls. Like I love that stuff. That was like really interesting to me. So Mm -hmm. that's a really good point. Um, I'm glad you said that. Um, You're so welcome. uh, You're welcome. Um, Okay. So this movie is the same length as the first movie, but like a 20 minutes shorter than the second movie. Okay. When we don't like the second one as much as the first one, but we still think the second one is an excellent movie in general. I think that this movie actually should have been longer. And I'll tell you why, and I know that sounds crazy, but I'll tell you why. for two reasons. One, I think that one, we did not get to know what's what's really nice about part one and about conjuring one and conjuring two is that we get to know these families. We get to know the Ron Livingston and 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 Lily, what's her name Taylor from the first one. And I really feel like I know their family. And that's why I'm invested at the end because I love Ed and Lorraine and I love their family and I want everyone to be happy again without monsters in their brains. So that's the first one. (laughs) The second thing is in the second movie, you get to know this family. On our episode, we talked a lot about the father leaving and like how could they have all this furniture in the house and stuff like that. Like because we were invested in the family and how they portrayed this family and how Ed and Lorraine sang Elvis to them and those Moments like really made me invested in As much as we questioned like what Valak was actually doing like it Didn't matter because we wanted him to pull her Up and not be hit by the the, the Tree in the yard in this One didn't care about anybody I had no connection with the p. The the point of this is that these they help these families, and I didn't care about the family they were helping. Like I had no investment in those in those family. The only reason I had investment is because I knew that little kid from other movies that I really like him in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was the other thing. Also. I felt like the director and the screenwriter felt obligated to put in the mushy stuff as opposed for the mushy stuff to feel earned. So that flashback stuff was nice. Cause I thought they were starting something and it really only comes back in the end with the gazebo. And that just felt like a tack on it in the, in the, in the second one ending for the first one ends with the, um, in their room with the spinning, uh, you know, uh, toy music box. box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the second one ends with them dancing to Elvis. And the third one ends with the gazebo. And the second one was earned. And this one, it wasn't. I needed some more Ed and Lorraine stuff because the Ed and Lorraine stuff we got in this movie didn't make sense to me. We have been watching for three movies, Ed tell Lorraine, don't do that. And Lorraine telling Ed, no, don't go there. But they always end up going there. I, I am really sick of them playing the same emotional couple beats in these movies that like Lorraine's like, no, don't go. And, and Ed's like, no, you can't go down there. It's just like, at what point you say you love each other, at what point are you going to trust each other? Like the second one, it is totally justified because she saw his death. But in this one, like, and and they're trying to make it so that he has a heart condition and he can't do these things. He's walking with a cane and whatever. Like, I get that. That's fine. But I'm just, like, sick of these same beats over. And, again, if someone hadn't watched Conjuring 2 and 3 immediately before this, maybe they would feel differently. But I really felt like it was the same boring beats. And the director of this just didn't have the same warmth that James Wan had for the characters and you know, he's, he has a story credit, but like Jamie and I said, like he may have just been like, Hey, why don't you just like do a witch who's conjuring something. And you know, like that could have been, you know what I mean? He he would have said an Australian accent, but. I was going to say you, you didn't
2: pick up on the accent. He he, he would
1: have been like, good day. Let's get a witch. That was great. so that's another thing, but I think the biggest—and this is my list—I know, I know. I'll let I'll give this off to Keisha, but my biggest thing here, my biggest thing is, don't start your movie out by with a graphic telling us that this was the first time in a, like. in the US history that somebody was saying the devil made me do it they were they were saying they weren't insane that they were possessed and then not have any courtroom sequence a movie that would have been more interesting to me is it's a courtroom drama with flashbacks to the scary stuff yeah that
2: that, if you want that that is Exorcism of Emily Rose which I know I've already recommended for a different episode but that is literally what that movie is and it intersplices the courtroom drama with like the actual possession and so like you you're spot on in that like yes that that was it was so such a misdirection and and then I was just like okay so like we never actually see the case which was what I thought this movie was going to be and then it was not so side note if that's what you're looking for I I my original recommendation still stands and
1: like If this movie wanted to be like a Law & Order episode where they find out who the killer is throughout the whole thing. like (laughs) they just wanted to be like spooky, excuse me, spooky Law & Order. Like that's totally, totally fine. But don't set me up with a different expectation at the beginning and give me a totally different movie in between. Um, Also, we'll talk about this, I'm sure at the end, like what our favorite spooks were, but like none of these like, sequences are going to stick with me at all um i think some of them were okay but nothing like clap clap or nothing like
0: uh like the music uh, box noise or you know yeah
1: and and i don't know this just did not do it if if ed and lorraine excuse me if 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 the two of them weren't like ed and lorraine in this i i don't think i would love like this movie at all but i was engaged because one i get excited about these movies now but two like they're so fun to watch and so enjoyable to watch that like and and some of the stuff is spooky still don't get me wrong like i really enjoyed um uh, even though you knew it was going to, it was very predictable. Oh, that's what it is, Nikisha. You, t- you always say that there's always like the misdirected um, spook. Right? There were yes. none of this. You knew the lights were going to go off in the morgue. Like yes, you right. knew that was all coming.
0: I have a whole thing about that. And I'm glad right. you brought that up. Because I'll stop. Said- I'll stop.
1: You go, you go. I've talked too much.
0: No, You're good because when you said spooks I was like oh great transition because that was literally what turned me off at the very beginning and it was the first scare with Arnie when he was by himself and looking at that hole in the wall and I just want if you could just go with me in your minds in remembering the movie all the good noise so this is why in my opinion the first Arnie which jump scare does not work. So as we've talked about before the keys to making a good jump scare There was silence. They tried to build up the tension There was the slowing of the frames and the first person point of view And there was a sense of misdirection because the scare did not come from the hole in the wall It came behind him, but I think that they built up the tension too long to where when the scare actually happened, you were already waiting for it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that the frame goes from seeing the, us seeing the hole with Arnie and then looking back at it from the hole's point of view and looking in Arnie's eyes and it keeps going back and forth with that. But then it shoots to a wide frame of Arnie looking at the hole, us looking at Arnie, looking at the hole. And I think that was too much time that passed because you know something is about to happen. I think what would have been better is if the sequence of events was, us looking in the first person point of view at the whole and then still in first person point of view, turning around as Arnie and seeing that witch. I -hmm. think that that probably would have been a better spook and a better sense of building tension than what they did. If that makes sense. And I think yeah. a lot of the movie was that it was trying to, like you said, Brian, do James Wan things, but you can't copy an original. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, I yeah. see, and like I, I also don't even think he was the 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 major problem with this movie is the expectations going in were high because James Wan is truly excellent at what he does, yeah. and um and we care so much about these characters that if we don't feel like they're being done justice or whatever, like. It, that that was, was like that's what was disappointing to me like Absolutely. there was there's a lot to be disappointed in but like that was definitely that was definitely one of the major things and 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 maybe it's wrong of us to have expected someone to rise to the level of what James Wan has done for these past two movies but like you know maybe that's on us i don't know
0: there's also a sense of expectation because it is a continuation of the first two movies but again like you said it's not James Wan doing this, and they were trying in some aspects to put in a little bit of his flair, but it just didn't pan out all the way like it should have. One of the other directing things that I did not like, and you kind of mentioned it, Brian, was when they're in the hospital, Ed and Lorraine, and Lorraine says, this is where my home is. He is where my home is. And it's a great scene and it's a beautiful scene, but the fact that it fades to black and then goes to another scene kind of distracted me with all of the cut shots that were happening at the beginning. And so you're used to that style of filming and you're used to that speed and that energy. And then when it goes to that and it fades out, it's like, what kind of movie am I in now? I don't know. Yeah. For me, after watching this like in theaters and then I watched it again today to really kind of get a sense of the movie, Mm-hmm. This is not a horror movie. This is a love story between two couples that are connected by a demon. <laughs> and they overcome the demon through the power of love. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is not a horror movie.
2: Yeah, that's literally, like, because he's possessed at the end. And the way, like, when Ev is possessed, the way that Lorraine is able to, like, help work through yes. his possession is reminding them of when they met. Which, like, just... I I don't know that just didn't do like, as much as I love their love story and and the relationship that they have. That was just like too much. That was like that felt really heavy handed. And and I know that I, I think we talked about how this director also made The Curse of La Llorona, which like I think is one of the weakest films in the Conjuring universe. Um, like also a story about like a family and and like the mom trying to protect her children, but like it just it's so disappointing to like see the direction and and again like like a, as this chain is continuing to expand and get like really big i think it's just natural that it's going to be harder and harder to to have as much control as as James Wan did in the way that like he's so effective when he is when he's directing it and and it's just not going to be possible for him to have that degree of oversight into everything as as things are getting you know like turned out so so quickly because like people want it like people people like us are still gonna see all of these things but it's definitely gonna lose the the quality that it had from the beginning and and even like we talked about saw like just seeing a franchise again just like churning out things year after year what started off as like a really strong concept just like loses steam because they just like they're just trying to, you know, like meet that need of like, well, people just want another Saw movie. It might be getting to a point where it's like, people just want another like conjuring universe movie. Like, let's just, you know, pump and dump these out. So that's, that is disappointing. I don't know why I said (laughs) it just, it just happened. Um, But something else that I, that kind of bothered me about Lorraine in this movie you had mentioned her like superpowers before I didn't like the there was something that felt really like infantile and juvenile about the way that she was acting when she was able to, like, she knew the murder weapon of that, of the other very similar case. Like, the way that Mm. she was acting with that um, detective, I felt like was kind of out of character for her, especially when Ed, because Ed, like, made it so clear that, like, her gift is a gift and not like, you know, a toy to be, like, challenged and messed around with and she just was like it's this one and I I don't know there's something about it that just like seems so off from from like her relationship to her her gift and how she uses it to help people and it was like and I know that I know that it was still you know she was doing what – maybe she was doing what she thought she needed to do in that moment in order to, like, get the information that they needed so that they could help Arnie. But, like, there was something that felt weird about her personality in in, in all of those moments interacting with the detective that felt just, like, very – yeah, it just felt very off. I don't know how else to explain it, but, like, it didn't actually seem – it didn't seem that she was playing the character in the same way that she had in the first two movies. Like it That's was interesting, more performative than like genuine, I guess. Kind kind of, or just like like well, I know I'm right, kind of thing. And and right. it felt yeah. almost like arrogant a little bit, which like I don't think she's ever acted that way about about her her like gifts and and what she's been able to do and how she's used those things to help people and like to defeat evil. And it ju- it just like felt so. Yeah. Like very like, well, I like, I know I'm right. So like, just give us the information we want. And I was like, "Mm, I don't like, I don't like this version of Lorraine.
1: I, I also think that that also feeds into the fact that we didn't get to know the family that well, if we got to know the family really well, then I feel like we would have understand our justification to be like, I will help you because I need your help to help these people. Like there wasn't that connection there. Also, there was no like timeline, Th- like mm-hmm. in terms of like, there's like, we need to figure out who the murderer is for the court, for the court date of this date. You know what I mean? Like there was no like sure. 24 clock running in their head. There were. Because this, there was no t-
2: court. We, we got right, no oh, court.
1: right, right, right. It was just, <laughs> yeah. So there was that, but. Yeah, let's, let's move into... Nikisha. do you have any questions for Jamie about uh, any like of yes. the stuff that we usually talk about when we like a movie?
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the mental health aspects because it does touch a little bit on being in a facility, in a mental institution, or I guess the idea of pleading possession as opposed to pleading insanity. So my question is, Jamie, why do you think they thought possession was the better plea than just going with an insanity plea like do you think that insanity would have been more beneficial like he would have gotten off more this was also in the 80s so did they do that back then as well like why do you think they thought possession was the better case
2: so i don't know that i don't know anything about like the history of uh mental illness in in the criminal justice system and and like how people have been able to like you know articulate that because this person's mentally ill that's why they you know should not be held responsible for these crimes but from my understanding about like the context of this particular story and this this is based on again like a true story like elements of this i don't think the witch stuff or the like the occult stuff is is based right. on anything but like the idea that that this man allegedly was possessed at the time that he murdered his uh, landlord, the experience that the Warrens have in the media, like that's also based on reality that like they were panned by a lot of critics saying that what they were doing was like taking advantage of people and, and, you know, like perpetuating harm by reinforcing this idea that like, people were possessed and blah, blah, blah. And and a lot of that I think um, was highlighted with the Amityville horror story, which hasn't, they've, they've touched upon it in the second film. It hasn't been featured in its own thing. Cause there's already like a million Amityville horror stories that exist. But from my understanding, part of it is about like attention and, I'm trying to remember if there was like some kind of like monetary thing involved or just like a a lot of attention that that I think they were that they were hoping to get as a result of of going this route with the case. Because like Lorraine was involved, like the Warrens were involved with the family. And I'm not sure I remember even like how they crossed paths but like she was the one that told the police that he was possessed when the crime was committed so like at some point there was some like they all got together and and like the Warrens were involved they were like actually involved with the story and the case and and like reinforcing this idea that demonic possession was the cause so I don't know like even then at what point, like how involved Arnie's defense team was in working with the Warrens to like solidify this as their, as their plan of defense. And I mean, it'd be interesting if there was like a lawyer that we could, you know, follow up with and and get more right. Um But, but yeah, so I guess like my thought is that something about kind of like coming in with a really extreme, like media heavy, position as as a way to maybe like take some of the attention off of you know whatever other evidence there may or may not have been that that yeah. would have led to um, you know the death penalty being enacted
0: okay that makes sense because I did read something about monetary things and uh, involved in in the case and the family being able to make money off of doing it this way so that mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense now on the the issue of hallucinations because we have that scene where Arnie, he thinks he's killing a monster, but he is actually killing his landlord Mm -hmm. with hallucinations. Talk to me about them. Is it possible to have hallucinations without the influence of drugs or, and if so, like what can trigger hallucinations? Can you just give us a general rundown of, of that?
2: Yeah. I mean, hallucinations, um, there's many different kinds of hallucinations that people can experience, so not just visual hallucinations. I think actually the most, if I, I could be wrong, um, but I think the most common are auditory, so hearing stimuli that aren't actually present are more common than seeing, than the visual one, seeing something that's not actually part of reality. Um, people also report I love the word olfactory. I love any opportunity where yeah. I can say the word olfactory, but uh, some smells that aren't actually present also can happen. So so yes, yeah, so there's a lot of different kinds of hallucinations and hallucinations are like a symptom of psychosis. So psychosis can be present in like a lot of different um, mental health diagnoses and, and uh, mental health concerns, you know, not just, uh, not just like schizophrenia. It can be present in things like bipolar disorder, in severe depression. So, so yeah, so like it can be present in, in a lot of different ways. And then hallucinations are different from delusions, which are like thoughts that are, you know, not necessarily based in reality as well. So I guess like if, if Arnie was to believe that like this demon actually passed into him if it was something that he didn't see but something that he believed like that could be a delusional thought that he had and then and then you know start like if he was continuing to struggle with mental illness um then he he might have started to experience hallucinations as well so that's that's my rundown on psychosis (laughs)
0: Yes. I just learned so many new things. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. Yes, absolutely. Discovery Channel. Jamie's on it.
2: So. <laughs> I'm not on, I mean, that would be super cool, but no, I'm not on the Discovery Channel, but happy to talk about anytime I can use the word olfactory.
0: <laughs> uh, fun fact in my scene study class for acting on camera, I had a scene where I had to use the word olfactory because I had damaged uh. my olfactory nerves. <laughs>
2: Interesting. So, so then you can't smell. Very, can't very a pro pro for uh for talking about COVID, because that is some that is a that is a, side, a symptom that people have once they get COVID. They get
0: COVID, yes. So you were learning all you're getting all of the good things here on this podcast, guys.
2: <laughs> oh wait, actually, so I Googled hallucinations just to see like what other information I miss. And there's so many other words that I didn't know, including Gustatory, which is your sense of taste, so it can also so hallucinations can happen in any any sense that you have. You can experience a a hallucination. Gustatory hallucinations is with your sense of taste. Um, Tactile is like your um, sensory nervous system. Proprioceptive. Also referred to as kinesthesia, kineth- oh man, this is really going to send my list for a, a loop. Oh. Kinesthesia is the sense of self-movement and body position, sometimes described as the sixth sense. Um, oh, your sense- which
1: Nikisha's <laughs> never seen because she's a monster person.
2: <laughs> your sense of balance, which is also known as equilibrioception. You, the sense of encoding noxious stimuli, like chemicals, um, is called nociception. Uh, correct me if I'm pronouncing things wrong. Uh, thermo, thermoceptive, which is the sensation and perception of temperature. Mm-hmm. And chronoceptive, which is time perception. This is cool.
0: Well, us, us in uh, us in COVID because we have no perception of time, <laughs> so we're all experiencing that. Also, what was the one about the taste, Gus? Because I just want to say gustatory, gustatory. So can I hallucinate that I'm eating a burger when I'm eating a salad? Like,
2: <laughs> I mean, that's that that would be great. I would I would love that. <laughs>
0: We need to patent that, like make it make it so, make it happen. Make it a COVID symptom of just like mm. everything tastes like fried goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been Discovery Channel with Jamie. <laughs> so <laughs> another question on the mental health side, as far as like the depictions of the hospital and the fact that was so interesting to me, they said they Arnie needed to be on 24 hour suicide watch, but I that guard was like going back and forth between and not really actually looking after him. So I guess my question is, how accurate do you think the depictions of him in jail or in the, in the, in the institution were? And random question, can you be on 24 hour suicide watch at home or just in an institution?
2: In terms of the second question, I would say, like, if somebody is, and I think we've talked about suicide before, um, but, like, if somebody is, like, actively suicidal, if they have connected with somebody else and, like, they end up being hospitalized, like, I I don't anticipate, I don't know if at that point people would, like, come to the home. I feel like if anything, you would be escorted to the hospital. And, like, that is, that would be, like, your suicide watch is, like, you are hospitalized, and so like the hospital is m- taking care of you and and okay. monitoring you. And and Arnie was in a in jail, right? Yeah, the hospital. Mm-hmm. Being able to put somebody on suicide watch is real in terms of like how facilities actually handle that <laughs> is is a huge gap of knowledge for me, which is actually, like, really horrifying to kind of reflect on. um, Because, like, there were times in the past where, like, in a past life I had uh, working within the criminal justice system, like, alerting attorneys of, like, possible need for suicide watch and, like, hoping that that information you know, made it to the people who like had more authority than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I know that that's something that you can put on the record. Um, if somebody's like still being held in custody to make sure that the appropriate interventions are, are being offered. But like, in terms of follow through, I like, I honestly don't really know what that looks like outside of like that due diligence of like making sure that, that, Somebody who knows that this person's returning to custody, like to jail custody, is actually going to make sure that this person is monitored. I don't know if it looks like an isolation type thing versus a big open room, which was how it was portrayed in the, like he was just in that room mopping. Um and and then there was like the security guard like behind that that glass room. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't know if like that is what suicide watch looks like um but yeah i mean the room you know that i've i've been in like jail systems before and like the room looked like a real room but i don't know if that's like how how that was this, works in real life was
1: this the I, I, this just goes to show how much i remember this movie was this the movie where the priest hands him a bottle and he like breaks it because the witch makes yes. him, to kill him? Yes. that's this movie right yeah yeah I'm going to
2: be real. Like, I also don't remember so much of this movie that we literally just watched. I don't know if part of it also is because we just attended a very fun wedding or also <laughs> because, like, it's just not memorable. Like, I, it took me a really long time in the beginning to remember, no, I don't think I saw The Conjuring 3 in theaters. I think I saw a Quiet Place 2 in theaters and, like, couldn't remember when I watched this movie. So that's why I hesitate in the beginning because it's really, it's just not memorable. No.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: on that note, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we should get into the ratings and Rot Tomatoes, but a quick little thing. There is a trivia. My friend sent me today on Instagram and I sent this to Jamie, but if you look closely, Vera and Patrick or Ed and Lorraine, they dress them up and they match. So, Every time Lorraine has a skirt on, uh, Ed has a matching tie and it's really <laughs> cute. And there was just like, my friend just sent me, it's just this collage of pictures of all of their costumes matching and they are hashtag power couples. Even in a movie like this, they're still our good old Ed and Lorraine and we love them dearly. <laughs> we do. Yes, so I guess we should get I'm st-
1: into. I'm still really upset that they. <laughs> pre- this movie was so predictable. And that, like, he got conjured, so he was going to attack her. Like, I, I, just to- I forgot that even happened because I like zoned out at that point. Because, like, I don't know. The point of these movies is that they uh, that they work together. That they're a team, and I love that about them. And turning them against each other again, the end, like, does mean does the movie no favors? It's like I want to see. Like, did either of you watch Friday Night Lights?
0: No, no. Okay,
1: so then me talking about <laughs> the Taylors won't mean anything. But I just want them to be a team Taylor and work Kitsch? together and do it. Not Taylor Kitsch, but the other Taylors in that show. Oh. Um, Taylor, but, Taylor Lautner? No, no, no.
0: My favorite.
1: <laughs> T- yeah, Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Um, ah. But yeah, okay, let's move on to Rotten Tomatoes. Sorry, it just like, it just bums me up. <clears throat>
0: The Rotten Tomatoes
1: game. Okay, what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? As of today, we're recording this on June 8th. Um, this is at 7.30. What do you think the Rotten Tomatoes are?
2: 64. Hmm. Jamie? I'm going to say 58.
1: The Rotten Tomato for this is... 59. Oh, wow. that's so
2: close. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is.
1: The devil made me do it represents a come down for the core conjuring films. Although Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson keep the audience invested.
2: That's Until it, it. He tries to stab her.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think that's a really good high level description of this garbage <laughs> fire mess.
0: <laughs> All the stabbings. And speaking of S's. Skull, scares, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horn four S's.
2: Do we need a new uh, stabbing, raving?
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe for season two we can rethink the four S's. But for right now, it's, uh, what is it? It's- Skulls. Uh, skulls scares scares, shakes and suggestions yeah oh yeah yeah right 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 right. um okay so let's go through this uh jamie skulls how much does this deal with mental health or human behavior and and does it do well at it
2: uh i'm gonna give this like a two um because it really doesn't like talk about i mean we talked about the idea of like People experiencing hallucinations, which led like during their possession, which led them to like accidentally murder. Um, but they don't even really talk about that at all in the movie. So I'm gonna say that they like barely dealt with mental health here.
0: And Akisha Ditto, Ditto that statement, I put a two
1: for skulls. Yeah, I'm on I'm on the two train as well. Two, 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 two. All right. Two, two. Pop on. Choo, 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 choo. Okay. Um, scares. How scary was this? Were there any good? And while we do this too, let's do what our favorite scares were in this while we're wrapping it all together.
0: I gave it a four because there were some moments in the theater watching it for the first time that I was like, ooh, that kind of got me, but I don't remember what they were.
1: Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's totally fair. Yeah. So,
2: so I'm going to give it a four.
1: Okay. Jamie?
2: Um, I think I'm going to give it a two. This, like, really wasn't scary. Um, Just, like, yeah, like, the jump scares were not comparable at all to past ones. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of, like, what I thought was the scariest. I mean, I guess the morgue scene was creepy. That's also, like, the only thing I can remember. Um, The cliff scene, like, was not at all scary. Oh, I guess like when the at the end when the occultist kills her father and he's like looking at her in front of him and then oh, all of a sudden sure. she's behind him and she kills him. Um like that was, you know, she moved really fast. So that was spooky, but like really not scary.
1: Oh well, yeah, shout out to John Noble who was adequately creepy in this movie.
2: Oh love him. Great yeah. guy. He was yeah. He was like very unsettling. I'll I'll bump it up to a three because he was very unsettling. Okay, <laughs> that smile man. Yeah, um, his mouth
1: is weird. <laughs> I'm going to stick with it too. I just can't remember. I, I remember being like a little scared here and there, but like everything was so predictable in this movie in terms of where the scares were that like my brain guessed what was happening beforehand. Whereas in the other ones, like, you know, like the the famous scene in the first Conjuring where she's knocking her head against the cat against the wardrobe and you think it's going to be inside, but it's above it. Like, like that's a real scare or, you know, for that you just can't anticipate. Um, For Bethesda.
0: For Bethesda. Bethesda. (laughs) Uh, I will say, isn't that also an actual, like, place?
1: In Um, Maryland. Bethesda, Maryland is a place, yeah.
0: But on on the jump scares, also what was missing from that first jump scare that did kind of give you a misdirection, there was also no sense of... um, dimming your perception so with the closet scene there was so much darkness surrounding that you really oh, sure going on hmm. but and i don't know i mean ari Astra did, did *Midsummer* and broad daylight and it was still scarier than this but with the conjuring i think the sense of darkness and the blocking of views in that respect helps it and sure. it have it in in those
1: jump scares in this movie yeah like the whole waterbed sequence happens with like light streaming through the windows right yeah um and I do think that when the hand comes up that probably made me jump but I don't remember jumping because I thought they showed so much of that in the trailer I think they showed more of it I think there was a longer cut of that it's in the trailer than is actually in the movie if if I, if my memory um is remembering that well but my memory is terrible so maybe it doesn't anyway um that was a two all right shakes how how likely are you gonna shake this off?
2: Yeah. Can I give it a zero? Same. <laughs> I literally yeah. didn't remember when I watched this movie or what mode I watched it. <laughs> I didn't want to do the plot summary because I couldn't remember what happened in this movie. I've completely forgotten it.
1: So I'm gonna give this as a one if only and you're giving it a zero, right? Uh, Am I
2: allowed? Is that okay? Yeah,
1: yeah, we, we've okay. given things zeros before
0: oh, I'm going to give it a one too Because I think we were going to say Brian is only for Ed and Lorraine
1: <laughs> Oh, no, I'm going to give it a one Because I'll never Because I'll remember that I didn't like it
0: oh, okay. I'll give it a and, one for Ed and Lorraine
1: <laughs> Sure, yeah, yeah I mean, the only other zero we've <laughs> given on the board so far Is Nikisha will not remember Black Christmas <laughs> <laughs> Which you haven't listened to yet Spoiler alert That episode's coming later Um <laughs> but all right let's go with suge- let's go with suggestions now
0: i mean if you want to watch a witch watch the witch oh, <laughs> that's
2: good one. Like, oh
1: yeah that's a great that's a great one if <laughs> you if you want to watch a witch watch the witch, witch.
2: Hmm. Yes. so my recommendation is and i think it's Kind of related to, Brian, what you were saying about, like, there's no opportunity for us to get to know the family. And that's what I think is the strength of the other Conjuring movies. And so a movie that there is a possession happening that also, like, really brings you into the lives of the family. You can't go wrong with Poltergeist.
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
2: Like, that's what this movie is missing. Just, like, I mean, you still get, like, cute kids uh you got a cute kid uh you know save save i call him luke because that's who he plays in uh haunting of hill house but you just gotta protect him at all costs um but uh but yeah there's no no creepy clown in this but that's okay because only that clown will give me nightmares forever
1: (laughs) I'm going to go with the dark and the wicked because we watched it this week and I liked it better. So like, it has nothing to do with this. It just has to do with the fact that like, I really liked it better. There was some witchy things about it. Um, um, but yeah, that's the only reason I'm doing it.
2: That's, that's not, I wouldn't buy that Walmart two pack.
0: The <laughs> <laughs> conjuring three And yes, absolutely. I don't think I would buy, even if it was for free, you can have it back. I'm sorry.
1: So, yeah, I mean that's not a fair one to do with this because you would just buy conjuring one, two, and three in a pack, or or one and three, okay. or two and three in a pack. They've
0: been two yeah. and be three in a pack. This, well, Yeah, but
1: you're right. You're right. It would be I'm weird to dark a and the wicked. That was a bad this. one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, anyway. any last thoughts? Are we are we good on this talking about?
1: Yeah, i yeah, I forgot it. Honestly, <laughs> not not to like not to like. Not to crap on the fact that you went to the movie theater, like I'm jealous you went to the movie theater for this because it was probably a better experience than we had, like in our living room watching on HBO Max. However, I'm really glad that our uh, first experience back was uh, Quiet Place Part Two and not The Conjuring Three.
0: Oh, I agree. Yes, <laughs> going from the Invisible Man as my last as my oh family. yeah yeah God yep COVID to uh, post quote unquote post COVID yeah. It's all good. It's fine. Well,
1: yeah, no problem. Don't worry. (laughs) At least you know you're in for a treat with uh, the quiet place part two, I guess. Because it's better than this. Oh regardless of what you think. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about that at that point.
0: We'll talk about all all of that. But but I think that's it for us at talk (laughs) talking horror. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at talk horror pod pod please follow us, like all the things, share all the things and give us any suggestions of movies that you would like us to talk about.
2: Yes. So, and Brian I've gotten some. Oh yeah. People have sent me some. So keep, keep them coming. We want your suggestions.
1: I love that. Yeah, definitely. We're planning a season two right now. That's going to air later this year. Um, Personally, I think we should absolutely make Nikisha watch The Sixth Sense. We'll we'll get there, though. Um, But, yes, keep sending us stuff. You can also listen to us and subscribe to us wherever you find podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can uh, rate and review us there. Five stars, please.
2: And thank you. And thank you.
1: Um, But we are a young podcast. This is season one. Your star ratings and the reviews that you write really, really help us out a lot. So if you can continue to do that, we would really, really appreciate it Um, and suggest movies as well. You know, we're changing it up for season two, obviously as well. So tell us what segments you like, which ones you're not digging too much. And and we'll, we'll figure some fun stuff out um, for then. Um, But yeah.
0: It'll be great. And we're going to sign off with two quotes that were brought to you by Jamie that were gold. And one is shout out to the witch (laughs) and hashtag pump and dump.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bye guys. Bye.